creation. Almighty and most gracious God, we give, calling us here to our place of worship to hear your word. We gather to pray your name. Faithfulness all around. Help us increase our faithfulness to you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Good job. Matthew 14, verses 22 through 33. Jesus walks on water. Immediately, he made his disciples get into the boat and go ahead to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up the mountain to pray by himself. When evening came, he was there alone. But by this time, the boat, battered by waves, was far from land, for the wind was against them. And early in the morning, he came walking towards them on the lake. But when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified, saying, It is a ghost. But, and they cried out in fear. Immediately, Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened and began to sink and cry. He cried, he cried out, Lord, save me. Lord, save me. Immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying, You of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Didn't he do a wonderful job? You did a wonderful job. I feel like that took some courage, yes? Yeah. So one of the things that I was reminded of uh, at Vacation Bible School are the different ways that people learn. And uh, so because of that, I want to offer an alternative to the reading of the scripture today. I want to show a clip from uh, a dramatization of scripture called The Chosen. And this shows uh, this scripture story played out in a dramatic way. So let's take a look at that clip from The Chosen. Keep going! What are you doing? Did anybody just see that? 
There are a few moments in that clip from The Chosen that stand out to me. First, let me give you a disclaimer. I know that The Chosen is a produced show. I know that it is not entirely biblical. I know that it is a dramatization of scripture. I know all of that. But I think that there is great value in dramatizations of scripture. I think that some people need to be able to visualize these teaching stories. There are some people who can read things over and over and over again in scripture and never feel connected to the story. But when they see a visual representation of the story, it connects. I think that projects like The Chosen are vital for evangelism. People, especially of this generation, need to be able to connect with stories through screens. Like it or not, screens are a thing. And having a good resource to break down scriptures via images and through technology is a wonderful way for scripture to be accessible to people who may never pick up a Bible. 
saying all that, back to my original thought about this scene from The Chosen. The scripture, the scripted exchange of the disciples in the boat is the first thing that catches my attention. I think it's brilliant in the way that it gives context to the story that we're witnessing. You see, in the story, just before this stormy moment, Jesus had fed the 5,000. With two fish and five loaves of bread, Jesus had fed the huge crowd that had gathered before him, 5,000 men plus women and children. The disciples had been witness to this miraculous lunch, and it was fresh in their minds as they boarded their boat to cross the sea. Jesus told them, go ahead of me, and I will come and meet you. And then the storm winds came, the waves crashing into the sides of the small boat. These men knew the power of storms like this. This was their home turf, as you could say. This is where they spent the majority of their lives on these waters, and they knew that they were just a few more swells from being overtaken by the water and the wind and the waves. And then in the distance, a figure appears. Now, we might want to poke fun at the disciples when they question whether the looming figure is a ghost. But you have to think these are fishermen, veteran men of the sea, and there are legends and superstitions that accompany this kind of life. And one of those legends is that ghosts of those, are those who have drowned in the waters, and they can be seen on nights just like this. So it made sense in that moment for them to assume the worst that they were seeing a ghost of someone who had perished in this sea. But it wasn't a ghost, it was a savior. Jesus walked calmly toward them as their boat rocked this way and that, tossed about like a rag doll. And then we get to the point that catches my ear. As Jesus walks on the water towards the boat and he calls out, it is I, don't be afraid. One of the disciples says, how is this the second most incredible thing I've seen today? This one line gives us context into the happenings of the lives of these people. In just a short period of time, they have seen Jesus take two fish and five loaves and feed thousands upon thousands. And now, here they are in the middle of the sea following Christ's command. Scripture said that Jesus told them to get in the boat and go ahead while he dismissed the great crowds from their miracle lunch. They were following God's command in God's will into the boat and onto the sea when this horrendous storm brewed and the skies poured down rain and the winds whipped them about. There's a lesson there for us. Being in the will of God, following God's command, does not mean that you will escape the storm. In fact, sometimes... It seems as if being in the middle of God's will puts us right in the middle of the storm. Why would God send them there if he knew the storm was coming? Or why didn't God stop the storm because God knew the disciples would be out there on their small boat unprepared for what was happening? You know, we spend half our lives trying to avoid storms. We spend half our lives searching for peace and contentment, sunny days with not a cloud in sight. Why would God allow God's people to sail right into the midst of danger? 
Why? Because storms are storms, and they come. When God crafted the world, he crafted a perfect world, and he set it into motion. But free will derailed perfection, and we're left with storms. God is not going to change the circumstance that comes as a result of us having free will. God didn't send the storm. Perfection was God's original plan, but it isn't what we have in the here and now. So there are going to be storms. We just have to accept it and deal with it. If Dominic had a dollar for every time I said, that's just life, he would be a rich man. It's just life. Storms are part of life. And it will even seem as if God sends us directly into the middle of the storm. Why didn't he say, wait, there's a storm coming. Walk. You don't want to be out on that water. Why didn't he say, I'll get in the boat and go with you? Because we know the wind and the waves respond to his voice. When you become a Christian, don't believe that storms lessen. Not at all. The truth is, the storm is there all along. It's just a normal part of things. It's just life. When you become a Christian, the difference is that you are aware of the presence of Christ in the storm with you. When Christ walks into a storm, it doesn't matter the severity. His steps are sure, even when they're on water. And I hope that we all live in that amazement of God, like the disciple who said, how is this the second most incredible thing I have seen today? I hope that we live in awe that God is present and working with us each moment of each day, no matter what life brings. We're only called to notice the incredible work of God. So I think our first takeaway is that we we have to realize that storms are inevitable. Storms are part of life. Stop being surprised by storms. They will happen. It is guaranteed. But what is also guaranteed is Christ's present with us in the storm. And you know, there's a whole bunch of folks that don't know that. That is why us sharing our faith is so important. There are people out there who are in the midst of life's storms and their boat is taking on water and they feel like they're gonna drown and they feel like they're alone. But we know the power of prayer and we know the presence of Christ and we know the power of community and the church and we know that when we are taking on water and feeling in danger, we know that we can turn to God in prayer and we are guaranteed of Christ's presence. And even knowing these things, we become afraid and overwhelmed. Imagine how you would feel if you truly felt alone in the boat. That's how our friends, our family members feel when they don't know that Christ is walking toward them on the water, sure-footed and able. That's why it's important for us to realize and important for us to share our faith. The second takeaway is about Peter's faith, and we talked about this with the kids a little bit. David and I have different views on this story. I take Jesus calling him ye of little faith very personally. 
David thinks that Jesus was giving him a hard time like guys would. Like, way to go. I don't know. That's a story for Jesus. We've all heard the story. Peter says, if you're God, call me out on the water. And Jesus does just that. He calls Peter to come to him. And Peter exhibits great faith as he steps out onto the water and the waves in the midst of the storm with the distinct possibility, maybe even probability, of drowning. Peter shows great faith in walking out in response to Jesus' call, and it works. He's standing on water, and then it doesn't. Our faith can be fickle, right? One minute we're asking God to call us out of the boat, daring him even. And then we find ourselves focusing on the wrong thing. And I would love to tell you that we can master this. I would love to tell you that with spiritual maturity comes a sure-footedness on the water. I would love to tell you that. And it gets better. It gets better as we continue to focus on God and focus on who God is and who God is in our lives. But, but we still become waterlogged at times. David and I are selling our house. This housing market is like nothing I've ever seen before. And on, so we put the house on the market on Saturday and there were a couple of showings and on Monday and I was deep in prayer because this is a big deal for me. I bought this house all by myself and I'm so proud of my little house. And so I've been deep in prayer about this. Lord, send me the right person. Reassure me this is the right choice. Lord, let me, you know, let me do the right thing. I want to be a person of integrity. And so we put the house on the market on Saturday, and on Monday we got an offer. And I was like, yes. God did what I told him. <laughs> asked. Okay, we'll go with asked. God did what I asked. And I was so excited. And I was praising God. Lord, you do what only you can do. And oh, it's wonderful. And it's amazing. And then on Tuesday, they called and said, oh, we decided we need more bedrooms. And into the water I went. Whoa, what happened? What happened? Where was the praise that I had? Where was the certainty that I had that Jesus was present? And Wednesday came and there were more showings. And then on Thursday, we got two offers. And I'm back dancing on the waves. I might as well have been in a dunk tank as often as I was up and down in and out of that water. But through it all, God never changes. Jesus never moves. The spirit remains present through it all, the ups and the downs, the in and the out of the water. The only thing that changed was my perspective. The only thing that changed, I didn't, when the first offer was rescinded, I didn't say, oh, God must be up to something. Right? I didn't claim that faith. I went under the water. Because, guess what? God was up to something. The offers that came in on Thursday, one of them is a young family. They're buying their first house. They're expecting a new baby. We were able to help them with some of their closing costs to get this awesome boost into this new life that they're planning. It's a way better situation for the neighborhood. It's a better situation. Why didn't I think of that 
Why didn't I think of that in the moment when the first offer fell through? I live by the words that God will make good things come for all who are called into his purpose. Right? When Jesus says, oh, you of little faith, I want to stand up for my friend Peter. I've been there, you know, when you're mouthy, like, call me out of the boat. And then you sink under the water. I want to say, hey, this is Peter you're talking to. This is the rock you'll build your church on. He had so much faith that he stepped out of the boat. Where were the rest of those guys? Everybody else was still in the boat where it was safe. He was out on the water. He had the faith to get there. Why are you being so hard on him, Jesus? And God says, yes, he did. He had great faith when he stepped out of the boat. He was stepping into the expectation of the presence of Christ. He was stepping out into the thrill of obedience. When we listed our house, I was stepping out into, I can't wait to see what God does. It was stepping out of the boat for me onto the waves of the unknown. And I was talking to God about it and I was looking Jesus in the face and I was hearing the Holy Spirit calm my nerves. And then we got the offer and I was like, this is like the most incredible thing I've seen all day. And then, just like Peter, I began to feel the water around my ankles. And there was no more excitement and thrill of obedience when I noticed that there was a storm and there was no more focusing on God. There was no more looking into the eyes of Jesus. And all of a sudden I couldn't hear the spirit's voice over the sound of the wind that I was choosing to focus on. Nothing changed. The wind didn't change. The waves didn't change. The storm didn't change. God didn't change. Jesus is still standing there. The spirit is still speaking. I changed. When you're in the storm, whether you're dancing on the waves, walking toward Jesus on the water, whatever happens is determined by your faith. That's why Jesus said, you of little faith. When I think of it, Peter had a lot of faith, but it only lasted a little while. We're a people of immediacy. Lord, I'll see you, I'll hear your call, and I'll have great faith to respond. I'll step out of the boat, I'll walk on the water, and then I need you to get to me really fast because I don't have the faith to make it from here to there. Nothing changed except what Peter was looking at, what Peter was feeling. Jesus stood there just as sure-footed as ever, and then when Peter's faith ran out, Jesus' hand broke the surface of the water. And he may have said, you of little faith. But it was just because he knew what was coming. He knew what was coming and he needed Peter to train himself up to keep your eyes on Christ. Nothing changed. And so... I learned a great lesson, not because it all worked out for the better. We do that sometimes, you know, when God shows up and shows off and we're like, oh, well, I had faith all along. I knew he was going to do that. No, you didn't. You did not. I did not. Knock it off. Admit who we are. We, sometimes we drown. God never changes. And all God's people said, 
Amen.